Do you love Austin's parks and trails? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Austin Parks Cast by Austin Parks Foundation. Meet me outside. Meet me outside, my dear. I want to be. everybody. Welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Austin Parks Cast. We're glad you're here. Before we get started, here's a word from our presenting sponsor. The Austin Parks Cast is presented by Cirrus Logic. Cirrus Logic provides innovative, high-performance signal processing products that rock. Learn how their hardware and software solutions elevate consumer experiences at Cirrus.com. All right, y'all. We've got another exciting episode for you today. I had the opportunity to talk with Brian Carter, Chief Experience and Engagement Officer at Capital Metro, about how the organization is making our work in the parks possible. We talk about how the COVID-19 pandemic affected public transportation, It's My Park Day coming up in a few weeks, the new mini train at Zilker Park, the Zilker Eagle, the best taco in Austin, their presenting sponsorship of our Fitness in the Park series, and more. Speaking of fitness in the park, our first virtual fitness class of the summer is this Saturday, May 29th at 10 a.m. Join us for a salsa class instructed by Glenn Ball, music by local band El Tule, and hosted by DJ Mel live from our YouTube channel. More information at austinparks.org fitness. Don't forget to register for an It's My Park Day project. We recently increased the capacity of our in-person volunteer events, but spots won't be available for long. There's some good news, though. We have unlimited space for those who wish to volunteer virtually. Those virtual volunteer opportunities will be released on Saturday, June 5th. It's My Park Day will kick off on the same day, Saturday, June 5th, and run through Sunday, June 13th. Learn more and register to participate at austinparks.org IMPD. Be sure to keep an eye out on your favorite podcast platform for part two of our Mental Health Awareness Month series, which airs on Sunday, May 30th. Well, that's all for me as far as announcements go. I say let's jump into my conversation with Brian Carter from Capital Metro. everybody. I'm so thrilled to have Brian Carter, the Chief Experience and Engagement Officer or the CXO from Cap Metro here with me today. Uh, how you doing, Brian? Doing very well. Hey, thanks for having me, Grant. This is fun. I just want to get started by uh, having you introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. So uh, where are you from and what do you like to do in your free time? Yeah, I'm originally from Memphis, Tennessee. I've been a, a Texan now for over a decade. So I started in San Antonio and uh, was there for about seven years, uh, eight years before I moved to Austin. So uh, we love living in Austin now. I've got a wife and three kids. My oldest is 15. My youngest is 11. So um, I'm teaching my oldest how to drive a car this this year. I, you know, that's got to be pretty wild. That's right. I work for transit. So I'm like, I'll get you a bus pass. How about that? Uh, but yeah, so that's that's kind of been, uh, you know, my my background there. I started my career and spent a lot of it working for attractions, theme parks, um, you know, ones that we we really focused on uh, general admission and tickets and that sort of thing. So working in transit now, believe it or not, a lot of stuff translates. So, you know, there we were um, really focused on uh, guest experience. Here we're focused on customer experience. There we were mm-hmm. focused on selling tickets. Here we're also focused on selling tickets or we call yeah. them packages for, for, uh, for transit. Um, so a lot of things do translate really well. I think what's what's awesome for me about both of those industries are just the people that work within those industries, attractions, tourism, hospitality, 
um, people that are just feel like they're on mission to serve the customer and transit is just the same way. So um, I made, made a nice you know career jump over to transit and have been loving it since I've been here. That's awesome. I love to hear that. It's always great to hear. I can tell that you're very passionate about it just by the enthusiasm in your voice. So, and I can see the tie-ins between attractions and public transit as well. I mean, the rider experience, maybe with a uh, customer experience, that makes a lot of sense. Very cool. Yeah. You know, some of my attraction experience, you know, we had roller coasters and the thrill yeah. rides. We hope that the bus isn't the yeah. thrill ride. Like it should be the chill ride, right? Like it should just be a normal bus ride. Um, and and uh, one thing that we want to look at, though, is, is you know, it may not be a thrill ride, but how can we surprise and delight our customers? We're doing things right now like our, our Metro Music program where we're adding music to some of our high traffic stops and stations. Um, that's a little bit of that surprise and delight. Um, even when the customer experience on the application uh, that you use, the, the Cat Metro app, to pay for your passes and then to, to scan that when you get on board, that should work seamlessly and it shouldn't be something that you you have to think a lot about, like how, how to work this device. That improves the customer experience. So it's all those little touch points along the way, you know, things in between that uh, I'm, I'm uh, looking at for the agency now. And it is a lot of fun. It is very cool. Good, yeah. I know for me personally, I moved to Austin uh, a little over four years ago. And even though I lived closer to Round Rock, Cat Metro was a part of my journey coming here because I rode the train all the time. And so one of my first introductions uh, to Austin was parking up at, I can't remember the train stop off the top of my head now, but I would ride the red line all the way to downtown and work from a coffee shop or just walk around and explore. And public transportation was a huge part of me getting to know the city, if that makes sense. So, Oh, totally. And, and it's a wonderful way to see the city. You know, I, I ride the 803 from Westgate Transit Center into work. Um, I'm at 700 Lavaca uh, right now. And uh, we've got some space here where um, some of our administrative teams are, are, but we have offices kind of dotted all over the city wherever we have uh, uh, service. And so I get to yeah. ride the service quite a bit. And as I'm riding, I see the city in different uh, in different ways. You know, I, I, as, as I'm looking out the window, I can actually pay attention more to the, to the parks and to the surroundings that, that, uh, that are all over the city. So, uh, so yeah, it's an, it's an awesome way to be able to experience the people uh, and places, which I, I will say, uh, riding in different parts of the city, you get to experience the people within that community too, um, which, you know, Austin is such a, a beautiful place, you know, very rich in culture and, and community. So um, transit is just, we're proud to be a part of it. I couldn't agree more, especially um, either riding the bus or the train or any of the options that y'all have. You really do get to see everything that's along that ride, because I think, Something I think about when I'm driving um, versus when I'm a passenger in a car or on a bus is you really start looking around and seeing what's around you and you take in things that you might not have noticed before or you see a restaurant that you didn't know that was there or you're like, wow, there's a park there. I had no idea that there was this great green space that um, that has been there this whole time. So I completely agree with what you're saying. I love that. Yeah, it is, it is fun. We want to be um, just as essential to... Um, to the city as any other city service. So it's hard to think of a great city without a great fire department, without a great police department, um, without great schools. And we want to we want our public transportation system to be the seen the same way. It's hard to imagine a great city um, without a great public transportation system that people uh, value and that our communities use. Um, and so we yeah we definitely want to see more um, more people using the system. And we were. Uh, 
we had great success after our CAP remap, which was a reimagining of our bus network back in 2018. For 20 of 21 months following CAP remap, we saw ridership gains month over month over month, over, and it was it was incredible. And then March of uh, of last year, when we had the pandemic, uh, that that came to a grinding halt. Um, but then the the organization pivoted. We realized that we still had to put uh, service on the street because we get um, quite a few of those folks who worked in essential businesses to their to their jobs every day, and that was just as important for us. So we needed to make sure that the service continued. But then we also looked for ways that we could um, we could change and start serving the community differently. So that's when our help at home uh, uh, meal kits started to go out. And so we're still using our Metro Access vehicles and that team to deliver meal uh, kits in partnership with the Austin um, uh, Central Texas Food Bank. Um, and that is something that we are gonna continue to do. Um, so yeah, it's, it's all about just how we see the public transportation system as a, as a way to serve the city, because we can think beyond just the single trip. Absolutely, and I think it's very profound that y'all saw it as a challenge and you met the challenge head on. I mean, if your organization didn't care, um, you could have just said, well, we're public transportation, but you didn't. You said, you know what? We have the means and the ability to make a difference for people in the community, the people that rely on these public transits. Um, and I think that's really commendable. I'd, we feel the same way about parks. I'm sure you can imagine is that when things were brought inside, people use parks as a respite. And when the, the pandemic happened, uh, we weren't sure what was going to happen, or um, especially because people were using parks in record numbers. And yeah, the, so basically what I'm trying to say is that I'm, I'm very, very impressed with the way that y'all adapted and um, helped our community, even when it, if it wasn't getting someone from place to place, it was providing a meal or using um, using what you had to help. Yeah, well, thanks, man. That, that says a lot to, uh, first, thank you for that compliment. Yeah. I mean, I think that that's a reason why we're in the industries that we're in, right? Like working working with parks, working with public transportation, these are all uh, things that, that help to enrich cities, very mission-based and, and mission-focused. And you don't do the work that you do uh, without having your heart. In. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, we very much, and I'm sure you all do at the, at the Parks Foundation, take this um, you take this personally. Like this is a, this becomes a personal mission for you too, more than just a professional mission. So, Absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that, and thanks for what you do. It's cool to uh, to talk to people that are passionate about what they do, um, no matter what industry they're in. That's right. Yeah. Oh, well, speaking of the COVID-19 pandemic, I think we covered a little bit about um, how y'all adapted to it, but how did the pandemic most affect Cap Metro? I th I'm sure there's an obvious answer there with that there was less ridership and things like that on the buses and routes, but in your mind, how did the pandemic most affect your organization? Yeah, there's probably a ton of ways to answer that question. You know, we, because we never stopped running, um, we were on the, the, the front lines when the pandemic was at its worst. Uh, our, our folks had to come in to run the service. And so we had some, some staff members get sick. We lost some staff members as a part of uh, the pandemic. So that deeply affects us. Um, it, it's still, you know, uh, it's still a sensitive spot for us as an agency uh, because, you know, we, we cherish our staff here and, and really try to, to treat them like family as best as we can. So I would say profoundly, like, you know, mostly that that has been the biggest impact to us is that just the kind of suffering that we went through as an agency together. Um, I would say externally, though, 
um, maybe folks realized more than ever just how essential public transportation was um, because we're still servicing tens of thousands of trips every single day. Even at the height of the pandemic, um, we still had tens of thousands of people every day that, that needed public transportation to get uh, to and from to and from work. Uh, so it gave us a great opportunity to, to do some storytelling. And I think I'm really proud of the, the Marcom team here at the agency that um, that did that through blogs and through social media and videos and those things to help tell the story. Um, so that was important. You know, the, the, the meal kits, like I mentioned earlier, just an incredible thing. And what was cool about the meal kits is that it became a, a program that other cities replicated. We did something first here in Austin that transit agencies around the country took notice of and said, that's something we need to do in our city too. So that, that should be something that, you know, we're proud about here as an agency and as a city that we, um, we kind of led the country in that, in that response. Um, so yeah, I think you know, there's probably a lot of different ways to answer that question, but those are the ones that come to mind first. Absolutely. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry to hear that um, some lives were lost. Um, yeah, well, sorry, that hit me a little hard to hear that. It affected everybody. I mean, this whole, this whole experience, whether you were directly affected by COVID, whether you got sick or someone, a loved one in your family got sick and then is still dealing with the effects of, of being sick, or you lost someone, or someone that is really close to you lost someone. Um, yeah, we're all still still just carrying um, some of that grief and some of that processing that needs to be done. That, that it'll take our our economy. Grant, look, I, I I hope that ridership and and attendance to parks comes back this fall and this and this winter, whatever time it is, and it's gangbusters, like better than before the pandemic. Uh, but the healing that needs to take place yeah. uh, will take a lot longer. Um, in, in my opinion. So uh, that's that's just the power of what I think, you know, is makes this city great is that we have such great people that live here and work here. Um, and and I think, you know, if, if there was ever a city that could heal quickly, it would be Austin uh, because of the way I think the city cares for one another. Yeah, it's um, it's been profound to see that the way that community organizations like Cap Metro have adapted and changed and and provided that essential service that we need, that people need. I mean, just like you said, tens of thousands of people were relying on Cap Metro to get to work or the places that they needed to go. And um, even something that was made clear in the winter storm recently, uh, when buses were still running, getting people to shelters. And we were amazed to see that y'all were doing that as well. Um, I know that wasn't something I was planning on talking about, but that's something that also stuck out to me as a profound thing that y'all did. Um, it really shows the heart of the organization and that y'all are, about helping Austinites in whatever manner that you're able to. And that's, that's really great. Yeah. I had the, the opportunity to go out to one of the uh, community foundation um, locations that we were supporting with doing water deliveries because there for a while, I mean, now it seems, seems to me like ages ago, but it wasn't, it was just in February mm -hmm. um, that people were without water for days without, without uh, running water and, and needed access to that. And so we were fortunate to work with the city of Austin and, and some other organizations that we were able to get pallets of water and then start using our vehicles to get them out to places. And so I met up with an, a Metro Access team that was out doing those runs uh, one Saturday morning and took them in and, and gave uh, bottles of water to, uh, to the residents there at, at that location. And, um, to, to hear those, those residents say just how much that meant to them, man, I'll, I'll never forget that. And I think that's something that probably everyone in the city 
uh, will remember is like how where they were and how it impacted them and, and the people that they drew closest to during the during that um, storm uh, will be something we'll remember for a long time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for talking about that. Appreciate yeah. that. Well, something very exciting is a couple of weeks ago, the Austin Parks Foundation team revealed the new name for Zoker Park's new mini train, the Zoker Eagle. Um, we're so thrilled to have a partner like Cap Metro help us make that happen. Um, would you mind telling us a little bit about why y'all decided to sponsor the Zoker Eagle and help us restore the train at Zoker Park? Yeah, Grant, this felt like a no-brainer. When the Austin Parks Foundation folks came to us and said, we're bringing the train back, we're like, you can't do it without us. I mean, we, we weren't going to let it happen unless... You refuse not to be included, and I love that. That's right. That's right. Um, so thankfully, we got involved very early in the process where we could we could step up into a bigger leadership role. Um, and, and I'm so grateful for that. And I, I told uh, them at the time, like, you, you also realize that you're, you're talking to a guy who's worked at places that also have many trains, these uh, just like what, what you're bringing, just different models. And during spring break, when staff got you know thin and we needed to, to spread out, I, I ran the train. I was one of those conductors. And so that's very cool. Like I have a special appreciation for these types of trains and just how um, how awesome they are to add to to a, to a park. They they create memories that do last a lifetime, um, and provides an just an amazing way for for people to experience the park. Um, because you know when you're when you're in that when you're seated on the train and you're going around, um, the world kind of slows down for a little bit, and. Um, and that's that is a special experience. So yeah, when I heard about it, I said for sure we're going to be involved in this. Tell me, <laughs> tell me how to how to get to work. Well, I'm not the main decision maker here at Austin Parks Foundation, but I think we do need to have you be the guest conductor at least once, at, if not a regular basis, because you've got the experience. It's on the resume. I am ready. You look. I'll keep a little conductor hat here. <laughs> You're like you send up the bat signal over there, and I'll just start running towards Zucker. <laughs> like Brian's on his way. <laughs> Just like you said, with uh, time kind of slows down when you're riding the train. We just talked about that uh, when you're riding public transit as well. It seems like you can kind of take in what's around you. And I think that's why one of the reasons we're so excited to bring the train back is that, for one, it's been around for over 60 years now. Um, and it's been a part of people's childhoods for generations, uh, whether it was parents bringing their kids to the park to ride the train or actual childhood memories. And we knew that that was a, a sensitive area and we wanted to come at it from a, a community standpoint and make sure that the input that needed to go into it, um, we didn't want to just make a decision and name it something that we just came up with in a fun, creative branding meeting because we knew that it was more important than that. And yeah, we're thrilled to bring it back. Um, yeah, the Zilker train is going to come back this fall. Um, I wish I could give you an exact date. I'm Maybe someday in the future, there can be an Austin Parks cast exclusive release date or launch date of the Zilker train, but that is not today, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah I think what you were talking about with, with ownership, you're right. I mean, the, there is, there's definitely a sense of ownership that people uh, felt over the, the, the Zilker train. And I, and I, read, I rode excuse me, the, uh, the Zephyr uh, back before I lived in Austin. We bring the kids up here, and it was one of the things that we had to do when we came to the city, like we went to go ride the train. So um, I think, you know, families looking for a, a good activity in a park like that, the the train is kind of a, a can't miss experience. 
Um, and so I think about then now the, just the, the continuation of that, the future generations that will be able to, to ride the train and make those memories and have their pictures. They're showing their grandkids of being on this train, and that's going to be powerful. Absolutely. Uh, we're hoping there's pictures of grandkids on the train for years to come. Um, we're excited to be a part of it for as long as we're allowed to be. And just like you said, uh, it's not just Austinites that ride the train. It's actually a destination attraction. Uh, we have people that are, obviously the majority of people that are riding it are people that live in town, but people are traveling from all over the state to ride the train. And we we realized the heaviness of that and the importance of that is that we wanted to make sure that the Austin community was represented as well as the people that are visiting um, Zilker Park and the surrounding area. So, Yeah, I mean, I know you guys call Zilker Park kind of like our version or our, um, our central park here, right? But yeah. like it's... It's it's more than that in that um, Austin is the is the state's capital. So Austin is is Texas's city in that right. Like it, it is it's kind of owned by all, everyone who lives in this, in the great state of Texas, and uh, and Zilker is is kind of like the this the uh, the state's yeah. park in some way. It's not a state park, yeah. but it's the state's park. Like it, it it does have that draw that when you come to the city. You got to go to Zilker Park and you've got to, you know, walk around and you've got to ride the train and you've got to, you know, go to, to, to some of the other events that are held in the park. Like it's just part of your itinerary. And I think whether you've been in Austin for 15 minutes or for 50 years, Zilker Park has a, a place in your heart as soon as you visit it. And I think that's yeah. why it's called by a lot of people the most beloved park in Austin. And we definitely see that in our constituents that uh, they want to see the future of Zilker Park um, be a thriving one. So. We're thrilled. Um, we partnered with Frank and Victor, which is a local firm that did the branding. They did an excellent job working with us to create the brand for it. Um, if you want more information about the Zilker Train, you can go to ZilkerTrain.org. Um, I was proud to be a part of building that website, um, implementing the brand that Frank and Victor built um, in collaboration with our team. I'm so proud of our whole team, our marketing team, development team, programs team, leadership team, everyone in the Austin Parks Foundation team. This has been, I haven't been able to talk about this, so I'm going to use my platform, <laughs> my new podcast platform. I'm just so thrilled. Um, and we couldn't have done it without partners like you um, at Capital Metro. So we are so grateful for your partnership. So there are a couple of ways that we were able to help with bringing back the, the Zilker Eagle, which is a mouthful. I've been trying to say that right. Uh, but that is uh, our our rail team here was actually helpful in, in making some contacts with with the organizations you all chose to help lay the new tracks for for the train. So that was really cool to help in that way. We use some of our expertise and, and contacts there for, uh, for the sake of the, the train and the Parks Foundation. Um, but there are some things that you're doing that are new with this train that are also um, neat in, in the ways that they're similar to what we're doing at Cath Metro and that this is an all electric train which is just very, very cool. And we're doing the same thing with our fleet right now. We're going through um, procurements to, to, to move toward an all electric bus fleet. I think what you'll see in the future is that we envision everything that we do to be zero emissions. Um, so that includes all of our you know trains that are coming to Austin too. So that would uh, it certainly lines up uh, that your train is also ADA accessible. Um, we were one of the first trains that systems in the country to have a fully ADA uh, bus fleet when we did that. So that's awesome. Accessibility is incredibly important to us. All of our systems right now are accessible too. So, you know, we, 
we see those as, as very similar values and, and the way that you're able to reflect it there with the train. Uh, we hope that helps us to tell a story too with how uh, Cap Metro is doing it and just the importance and the value placed on on those things. Those, you know, uh, those are just so important to, to, to where we're going as a, as a transit agency. I couldn't agree more that those, the goals of making the train as well as public transportation be accessible as possible. We want as many people, no matter their abilities, um, to be able to enjoy it to the fullest. And um, I, I think I can speak for everyone at Austin Parks Foundation when I say we're new to the train business. Uh, we didn't have anyone that was uh, experienced as you are with uh, being a train conductor or um, as uh, Cap Metro is with uh, the public transportation with the train. So your partnership with that is invaluable because we wouldn't know the first place to start to find someone to, to locate tracks for a train. And y'all really helped us with that. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad to do it. And we get calls not like that all the time because, it, you know, it's pretty rare that someone wants us to help uh, help them to lay some track around the, the <laughs> around a property. Uh, but we do get calls, you know, where, where people are relying upon our expertise for lots of different things. And and that's something that we 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 jump at the chance to do because we are, as we mentioned, just here for the public good. So if that's about how we move things around the city logistically, that's you know how we help with the with the uh, the meal kits. Um, during during the pandemic and you know whatever it is, I think we, we just want to have a sense of, of open partnership where people can bring us ideas, ways that we, we can be involved and figure out how it lines up with our, our mission and, and our vision too. And I think that's reflected. Um, I think one great example is that every time we have a meeting with y'all, it is, it is always a beat, it's always fun and it's always productive. And we just love working with your team because I feel like our missions are so aligned in, in so many ways, just like we've talked about with the Zoker train, with It's My Park Day, um, with fitness in the park, and with uh, with the COVID-19 pandemic as well. And we are just so thrilled to be able to work with y'all because our missions are, at the end of the day, one and the same is providing great amenities for Austinites um, and making sure that they have access to the things that they love. Um, yeah. Well, we feel the same way too. I mean, it is awesome to work with, with you and your team there. And uh, I think one thing that our organizations understand is that we are entrusted with um, with something that's very important um, and that we're entrusted with public transportation, that, that our community entrusts you with the parks. Uh, and we take those obligations, those responsibilities very seriously. Um, so we do have a lot of fun and we love what we do, uh, but we also understand just the, the weight of what those responsibilities are. And I think that like that pushes us to, to give better work. Like we, we know how much people rely upon us. And, and so at the end of the day, it makes our work uh, that much more rewarding and enriching. Before we dive back into the episode, here's a quick word from our sponsors. The Austin Parks Cast is brought to you by ACL Music Festival. Taking place in Soaker Park in Austin, Texas, ACL Fest has generated over $41.6 million for Austin's park system since 2005. Learn more at aclfestival.com. The Austin Parks Cast is also brought to you by Wheatsville Co-op. Wheatsville is a full-service natural foods cooperative grocery store that's been serving Austinites since 1976. Learn more at wheatsville.coop. Thanks so much to our sponsors for making our podcast possible. Let's get back to the episode. Speaking of your partnership, we have multiple other things that y'all are making possible. And um, but one of those is, uh, that you've helped us with was It's My Park Day, which is coming up in June. Um, a little bit about the history of the last year of It's My Park Day. Um, 
It's My Park Day for everyone who doesn't know is our biggest volunteer event of the year. It happens the first Saturday of, of every November and March. But last year, the COVID-19 pandemic obviously threw a wrench into that plan. So in the spring of 2020, we had the most volunteers we've ever put in the parks ever. And we were psyched. It was right before the pandemic. And we had, I believe, over 4,000 people in parks across Austin. And that was, I think that broke our record by almost a thousand people. So it was like an incredible thing that happened right before the pandemic started. And it was really sad when we realized that it's my park day might not come back in the way that we were used to it coming back. And we could feel that in, in our core of volunteers as well. Um, and so then in November, we decided that it would be safer if we would have volunteers work in a virtual manner. And it was a huge success. We had hundreds of people volunteering in the parks, um, taking their own time out of their day to go and pick up trash or even educate themselves about the park system. Um, but that brings us to It's My Park Day Spring this year. It's not happening in March. It's happening in June. Some may argue it's It's, it's My Park Day Summer, but we decided to stick with spring. Um, it's My Park Day will be happening Saturday, June 5th to Sunday, June 13th. It'll be a combination of both in-person and virtual volunteer activities. Um, we're so psyched to have volunteers in parks across Austin. It, it may end up only being in the hundreds instead of the thousands, but we're still so thrilled to be able to put people in parks, put bodies in parks to, um, to help our green spaces because they need us now more than ever uh, with the way that the pandemic has gone. Foot traffic has been up drastically. Now, parks have been used almost twice as much as they were used before. And a phrase that we like to use is overloved. So a part of bringing those in-person volunteers into the parks, um, Cap Metro is helping with us with that. Uh, Cap Metro was kind enough to provide bus routes to each of the parks that we're having in-person volunteer events to, and is helping riders get to the parks and helping them. Uh, so why do you think it's important to have volunteers in public spaces like parks? Wow. I, well, I think, one, people, like you said, before the pandemic, uh, were coming out in record numbers to help to, to support the you know, It's My Park Day. People feel a, a ownership over their park. You know, when I think about uh, the parks that I use in the city, the one that I use over and over and over again is my neighborhood park. Um, I run through there. Sometimes I walk through there with, the, with my wife and kids. You know, it gets a lot of different use from within the community, too. So it's a soccer field. It's a it's a practice field. It's it's just where you go to throw Frisbee and, you know, all of that stuff. Um, people feel an ownership, no matter if it's your neighborhood park or your, or your city park, wherever that is. Um, and so really, I think it's about the invitation. It's about just sending the invite out to people and welcoming them to come and be a part of, of, a, of an event like that. We're proud that at Cap Metro, um, we make it accessible for people to get to those parks. As you mentioned, those parks that are that are all on those those routes. Um, but there's there's a lot more that you can get to and uh, using using our services there too. But like we, we've got to we've got to just create the invitation for people to to be a part of those those types of give back opportunities. And I think they're going to come out in droves the same way. Yeah, you, it may be a slow start back this year, but um, but we know that. Um, even those, the more use that those parks are getting right now also brings awareness to the need for parks. 
the need to have them and the need to support them and fund them. Um, so that's good too. You may not get a lot of volunteers, but you'll sure get a lot of awareness and, uh, and help people understand the value. We really appreciate that. And I think a truly, a truly awesome experience would be getting on a cat Metro bus to ride to the parks to volunteer. I think that's, that speaks volumes to a, like a true Austin day, maybe include some tacos in there. If you yeah. Want. yeah. After tacos either, you know, before or after. Yeah, absolutely. So our mission at Austin Parks Foundation is to provide access to great parks and trails for every Austinite, no matter what part of town they live in. And I think that Cab Metro can definitely relate to that because no matter what part of Austin you live in, y'all want to be able to connect those people to what's important to them. So um, in your opinion, or from the Cap, Cap Metro's perspective, why is supporting our mission important to your organization? Yeah, I think because we see a lot of alignment uh, with the Austin Parks Foundation. Um, as you mentioned about accessibility, making sure that parks are accessible to people, they can, they can participate in the, the activities, programming, and just visiting a park. Um, we're the same way. We want to make public transportation accessible to people. Um, and in every sense of the word accessible. Um, so that, that for us means that we're, we're uh, making use of public transportation so people can get to the, the jobs and the people and the places that matter the most to them. Um, we see public transportation as, a, as kind of an opportunity connector. It it's allows people to get to, from where they are to where they wanna go and where they wanna be and, mm -hmm. who, and who they wanna be with. Um, and sometimes we hope that includes the park too, that they make their way out to the, to the park. We do too, yeah, we do too. That'd be great. But uh, you know, the, the other thing where I think our, our missions align well is that we do serve uh, the public and, and they um, are our primary customer. And um, I, I don't know, um, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm not as familiar with your, your balance sheet as, as we are, but like yeah. we're not in the business to make money and the parks aren't in the business to make money. They're in the business to, to serve a public good. Um, and we are the same, we're the same way. You know, we, we are in the business to move people and to make sure that, that Austin keeps moving. Um, and so the, in that respect, like I think the organizations are really similar in that um, we are, uh, our very existence is to support our communities. And, um, you know, so the partnership for us was just a no brainer. I think it speaks volumes that you put your money where your mouth is as an organization and said and recognize that just like you said, parks are a public good. It's something that every Austinite deserves to have. Every person in the world deserves to have access to a great park. I, I know that I work for the Austin Parks Foundation, but I know that everyone that works for APF would want everyone everywhere to have access to a great park. Uh, but we'll stick with Austin for That's now. That's right. <laughs> it's kind of this is our yeah. mission field right here. Like this is, this yeah. is our, our, our turf. Well, and that's great that we have we have a we have a lot of different parks that are really accessible to folks, and and we would say the same thing about transportation. We we love to see a good, healthy transportation system that that is affordable and accessible. So uh, we we partner uh, with lots of different transportation companies and have done that over the years too, uh, for innovation and for um, expanding our service areas and ways that we can try to reach more customers. Um, so you know we're we're um, working on a. a a program right now, or excuse me, a property uh, that's in partnership with CARTS um, to reach more of those rural areas of Texas. And we're going to have uh, a shared facility that we work with them in order to reach those communities. So, you know, for us, it it's, um, you know, we're looking to to make uh, public transportation just more more easily accessible to folks. And that, um, that often means, too, having partnerships where it allows us to have more uh, engagement with, with our communities. 
So that's part of the reason that we wanted to be with the Austin Parks Foundation. You all bring, you attract a lot of people, people that may not be public transportation users. Um, and through our partnership, it allows us to be in parks for events. It allows us to um, to activate where we can bring our community engagement teams out and bring tables where we can set up and give information to people. Um, that part of our community engagement is very important to us. That's wonderful. And speaking of events and making things happen, um, Cat Metro is the presenting sponsor of our Fitness in the Park series, uh, which we're thrilled to talk about. Um, I've been with APF for about two and a half years now. Um, it was before my time when the Fitness in the Park series was here before, but I know that everyone that's on our team that was here for the original Fitness in the Park series is so excited for this revamped version. Um, our first class is going to be a virtual salsa class on Saturday, May 29th at 10 a.m., uh, live on our YouTube channel. We are so excited to have some of the best local fitness instructors, musicians, bands, all helping us to make our fitness classes possible. Um, and also, we're thrilled that we have DJ Mel, also known as President Obama's DJ, uh, the creator of the Living Room Dance Party, uh, and seriously, one awesome dude. He is going to be the host of all of these virtual fitness classes. What's so cool about what you all are doing with Fitness in the Park and us being involved with it at Cap Metro is that I, I think um, there's opportunity for us to talk about how active mobility actually promotes fitness. So walking to and from the bus stop gets your steps in. Taking a Metro bike, which you know we partnered with B-Cycle and now we have Metro bikes around the city and we have options for, for uh, the E-Cycles like, the e and the regular uh, B-Cycles there. Um, that's a part of active mobility. And um, it's something that we want to invest more and in. we want to think about more ways that we can look at wellness and, and fitness and uh, promoting those things because it, it helps us to look at how we should be um, moving around the city uh, more than just you know choosing a, a single occupancy vehicle to get from here to there, you know, counting our steps and understanding how far it is to go from one place to the other. Um, so, yeah, again, this seemed like a, a no-brainer for us, too, with being involved with Fitness in the Park. As a parks organization, we're in the business of active transportation, uh, naturally, uh, no pun intended, because people use their bikes, they run, and they get to, just like you said, with, uh, with public transportation, they use the parks and trails to get to the people, places, and things that they care about the most. Yeah. So um, I also agree that it's a natural fit. Um, we're thrilled to have you all as the presenting sponsor of our Fitness in the Park series. Um, as the presenting sponsor of the In the Park series, uh, which also includes movies in the park, which we can talk about a little bit, um, how do parks events like these align with your organization's mission? Events like Fitness in the Park and Movies in the Park give us great opportunities to be in front of those guests who come to those pro those programs, um, whether that's physically in front of them or just allowing us to be a part of social media messages that are sent to them, that, that sort of thing to, to raise the awareness for Cap Metro. And, and a lot of it is just staying top of mind with people that they would consider public transportation as a part of their, um, the part of their rhythms. Um, you know, for some of the community engagement that we do, it is in that, that education uh, because we know that there's a lot of people moving to Austin. Uh, on the daily, I think there's about 150 people that move to Austin. Uh, so that's a lot of new folks who need to know about the public transportation system here. Uh, but then for the people who have been here for a while, maybe consider using it to go to some of the special events, you know, those events that might be happening in one of the parks around Austin. Um, it's a great way for you to leave the car at home and then make that a part of your adventure getting to the park. 
um, using public transportation. You'll get some of those steps in. You may learn a little bit about the community around you, and you don't have to worry about where to park because sometimes the parks get a, a little uh, full here in Austin, and there's not always a, you know good parking to, to be had. You don't have to worry about that when you take Cat Metro. We couldn't be more excited about the virtual version of, our, of these fitness classes. Oh, we're going to have six virtual fitness classes, all of different kinds. We want to make them as approachable as possible by making them live on our YouTube account. Um, you can watch them at any time after they premiere. Uh, the first one is on Saturday, May 29th at 10 a.m. It is a virtual salsa class from Pan Am Park. Our instructor will be Glenn Ball, and we, our music will be by, be by local band El Tule. And of course, like I mentioned before, it's hosted by the fabulous DJ Mel. And I think, and going back to the movies in the park, and as well as with the fitness in the park, I think the dream would be to have, because I know with the movies in the park series uh, last or two summers ago, we were always encouraging people to take public transportation if possible. Um, Austin gets a little busy, uh, whether it's uh, the bus or Ubers or car traffic. And we're always encouraging people to take public transportation as much as possible when going to think our activations and our programs. So with Movies in the Park, y'all will be the presenting sponsor of that. We're hopeful that it will return in the fall. Um, but the reality is the Movies in the Park events have hundreds of people together. And since that's not possible right now, um, it's a bummer. Like, we're honestly bummed. It's one of our premier programs. And yeah. we we would really like it to happen. And in an ideal world, we'd have squares and social distance and all of that. But we're going to have to wait until it's safer. And Speaking of safer, that is why we decided to make these fitness in the park classes virtual because we want to be able to have as many people experience them as possible. I know originally we talked about having frontline workers be the only people at the parks um, to experience the classes in person. And one of those groups of frontline workers was the Cat Metro bus drivers. Yeah. Um, because they are essential workers, just like we were talking about before, is that they really were on the front lines of the pandemic. And um we wanted to have that be a moment where we're able to thank them. And we do hope that they're able to enjoy the class virtually, but we are so looking forward to having people taking public transportation in the hundreds, the thousands. Yeah, man. And and we'll we'll get back there. You know, I know that yeah. we're eager to see the return of, of our customers back on the bus to those pre-pandemic levels. I think we're eager to see um, all those activities and programs that we have in the park uh, come back to their pre-pandemic levels. We know that that will um, it, it will happen. People want to gather yeah. together. Um, that's that's just something we do as as humans, right? We want to be together with folks, whether that's listening to live music, uh, doing some salsa dancing in the park, uh, watching <laughs> watching a show in in the park. You know, the theater yeah. there too has some great productions, and um, it, it's just a matter of time. We'll be patient, and we'll we'll, we'll be waiting for those folks to uh, to come back on the service. I will say we're eager to to welcome them back, so as they feel comfortable. Yeah. We're, we're ready to, to have them. But um, yeah, I think we're all anxious to, for things to get back to a little bit of sense of normalcy. I know we're all uh, we're all ready for that. But just like you said, here at Austin Parks Foundation, we're also concerned about the same thing. Is that if it was an ideal world, we would have thousands of volunteers in the park for It's My Park Day, hundreds of people at each movies in the park, um, and hopefully hundreds of people for the Fitness in the Park series as well. But we're so excited to bring this back. We think it's going to be Really exciting. It's going to be all summer long, uh, starting on May 29th through August 6th, I believe. It's going to be every August 7th, every other Saturday at 10 a.m., we're going to have a different fitness, local fitness instructor guiding us through a really exciting class. So 
I am personally trying to do as much taco research as I can. And I'm speaking to a lot of Austin locals. And I got to know, in your opinion, what is or who has the best taco in Austin? Grant, taco research is like time well spent, my friend. Uh, keep the list going. Maybe you should post that somewhere online where we can see all your research. Too. Open source your research, man. I don't uh, know what it's going to be called, but it, I'm, Grant's... If Grant's taco list isn't the best, I'll come up with something a little bit more. Uh, as long snazzy. as it's a sharp list, man, you can call yeah. it whatever you want. Um, <laughs> no, I think I think it. Okay, so t- this is where this the analogies might get a little weird. But okay. tacos kind of like parks in that, like you, your favorite taco shop, one of them at least, should be the one closest to you. You should find one that's convenient because it's one. There's a lot of you know good reasons to support the the restaurants in our neighborhoods, the ones that are near us. Um, but I've got a place down uh, in South Austin uh, called Macho Taco, and uh, they're the ones that one of the closest to my house, and they make some amazing breakfast tacos. And so that's kind of my go-to whenever I need a taco. I don't have to travel far; it's right there where I need it. Um, but if I if I'm around the city and I need like a good go-to taco, like whether I'm here at work or you know, you know wherever I am, Taco Deli is like solid. I mean. It is. They, they are just a really, really good taco, reliable, good tacos. So, um, man, and convenient locations just about wherever I'm, wherever I'm in the city. So, those are my two picks. Okay, those are solid. Macho Taco is worth a try if you're down there in South Austin. I gotta say, I used to live in South Austin. I never ended up trying Macho Taco, so I need to make a trip. I will say something interesting is that in my limited research, because we're still early in. <laughs> my interviewing career with the podcast, both have been breakfast tacos, which is interesting. This may be a trend. We may end up realizing that the breakfast taco is the best taco just in general. So, so then you go to what's the best breakfast taco or types of breakfast taco. For me, I, I have two typical go-tos. Okay. It's either chorizo and egg. I love chorizo and egg. Good choice. Um, but if I'm not in the mood for chorizo and egg, it's migas. I migas. fell in love with migas when I was in San Antonio and um, I'm so thankful that it's on the menu in a lot of places yeah. here in Austin, too. So that's where I'm at. Well, that's wonderful. I, I, I grew up in Ohio, so, I mean, the tacos were as as basic as they come, like beef and cheese, chicken and cheese. <laughs> and it, we're not talking like pollo asado. We're not talking about El Pastor. We're just talking about chicken taco. We're talking about yeah. beef taco. We're talking like, if it's ground beef or steak. Like That was as much variety as we were going to get. Um, right. my girlfriend likes to make fun of me cause she's a native Texan. She says that, you know, Ohio, we don't know what salsa is. We just use ketchup. And I was, I was genuinely offended by that. But, uh, <laughs> since I, <laughs> since I moved I here, I know a guy who puts ketchup on his tacos. So <laughs> where's he from? I, I'm look, I'm not, this is on the podcast, man. I'm not, I'm not giving any more information yeah. than that. Okay. We don't <laughs> want any death threats or anything. <laughs> right. Okay. Very cool. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Um, I'll say my, I don't think, believe I've asked you this. Uh, do you have a favorite park or trail in Austin? Yeah. So I, I think, you know, it's the same about having a good local park, someplace that you just go to often. So for me, it's the Gatlin Gun Park that's in, in my neighborhood down there in South Austin. I go to it um, on the regular um, multiple times a week. And then uh, for a, for a city park, I mean, I know we've talked a lot about Zilker, but I really think it's one of my favorite city parks because it's just how much activation happens at that park. I love seeing all the activities and 
and, and ways that, that park serves the community. Um, and it seems like it's a gathering place for so many different parts of the community. As you mentioned, people from around the state, people from around the country are going to Zilker Park. I love seeing that there. So yeah, probably my favorite park. That's wonderful. I have to go back to tacos are like parks. I think that's the most profound thing I've heard related to parks since I've started working for APF. Um, I've never thought about it that way. And now I can't stop thinking about it. It's I, I completely agree that sometimes the best taco you can get is the one that's nearest to home and is consistently good. Well, you need consistency, you need convenience, and I think authenticity. Those This is going to be in the Grant Taco blog. It's going to be like what the three things that make a great taco. Um, I don't know if I'm the best expert for this being some guy from Ohio, but. Well, like, <laughs> yeah. we can get deeper on that too. Yeah. Take some ownership in your local park. Like, what are you doing to help make your local park a better park? And that's convicting for me too. Like, I need to start thinking about that and how I'm, how I'm supporting, uh, I know I support my local park through, through, um, through some of the, the, uh, the dues or fees of my HOA, cause yeah. those, those support the park too. But, um, but the same for like your local taco shop, like how are you getting to know the person behind the counter making your tacos, yeah. like learn their name and like tell them that the tacos are good, you know, like create those relationships, deepen the relationship, whether it's with your, with your park or, you know, with your local taco shop, like make, make those, those, uh, those things matter. Uh, before I let you go, Brian, how and where should our listeners connect with Cap Metro online? Yeah, really simple. Capmetro.org. That's where you can do all your trip planning. You can learn more about the system. You can also find out the activities that uh, we're involved with around Austin. Um, that's the best place for you to, to connect with us online. So you can go there. You can also download our app. We have an app in your favorite app store. Uh, just go and search for us there at Cap Metro. And you'll be able to do your trip planning. You'll be able to buy your your uh, your passes for the bus and train there too, and and scan those and get right on the vehicle and get to your next park and your next adventure. Wonderful, Brian. Seriously, thank you so much for your time today. Um, we are so so thankful for the partnership with Cap Metro. Y'all are making us making it possible for us to host some really exciting programs, and we we can't thank you enough. Man, it's a privilege. So our pleasure. Friendly reminder that season one of the Austin Parks cast is available now on your favorite podcast platforms. Also, our 2021 Park Summit sessions are underway now. You can find all of our Park Summit series content at austinparks.org backslash summit. Do you have a question or topic you'd like us to talk about? You can leave us a voice message on our Anchor FM webpage at anchor.fm backslash Austin Parks cast. We might even play your message on the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you all soon. Austin Parks Foundation is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving parks, trails, and green spaces across our beloved city. Our tagline is People Plus Parks. We aim to give every Austinite a park within a 10-minute walk, no matter what part of town they call home. Supporting our work in the parks is as simple as sending a text. Send APF to 76278 to get started. With your support, we can provide access to wonderful outdoor spaces for every Austinite. The Austin Parks Cast is a production of Austin Parks Foundation and is presented by Cirrus Logic, with support from ACL Music Festival and Wheatsville Co-op. Learn more about the work we do to improve parks for every Austinite at austinparks.org.